Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 290. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Forest Grove Concours de Elegance and talking with sponsors of this spectacular event that takes place on July 19th at the Pacific University campus, east of Portland, Oregon. You can learn more about this event at www.forestgrove.org. And that moment where you want to help, right, where you get inspired and say, I'm going to do something, I'm going to volunteer I'm going to give back in my community. I'm going to help families. I'm going to help children. That's it. Once you're over that hump, then it all starts to happen. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited today to introduce a very special guest, Eric Peterson. Eric, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to go. My foot is on the gas pedal. All right, here we go. Eric Peterson is an entrepreneur, a father, and a car collector in Portland, Oregon. Along with his wife, Eric has built a small collection of mostly European sports cars. The Petersons founded Dream Drives for Kids, and they use their vehicles to bring joy to children who are currently undergoing treatment for a variety of childhood illnesses. Their goal is to provide children with joy by taking the focus off doctors and disease and putting it on Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, Mercedes, and more. Eric, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about Dream Drives for Kids and your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. Um, Dream Drives for Kids, Mark, as you said, um, it's a 5013C nonprofit charity uh, run out of Portland, Oregon. And we're passionate. My wife and I are passionate car collectors. We love uh, cars. We, we love driving. We love the automotive lifestyle. And about a year ago, uh, it occurred to us that, that we could do more than just have our cars and share them with our friends. We could share them with a broader community. Uh, we reached out into that community and said, where, where would these cars, where would our Ferraris, our Lamborghini, where would it have the most impact and potentially change lives? And we got to our very good friend, uh, Dr. Judy guzman Cottrell, who worked at Oregon Health Sciences University's Dornbecker Children's Hospital. And she suggested that just bringing the Ferrari up the hill, the hill is what Dornbecker is called, um, and, and showing the kids, letting kids come and see the car would, would be amazing. They'd love it. We took that and we ran with it. And, and now we're at a point where we're doing uh, somewhere between two and three drives a week. Um, we're working with kids of, of, of all ages and really helping to, to do that, to introduce young kids who are going through a particularly hard time in their lives with their families to, to these great cars. So it's just something that we love. Uh, it's not something that we planned on doing you know, years ago. It's not something that we went to college for, but it's just something that we absolutely love doing. Well, it's fantastic in so many ways. You know, the car hobby, the car culture is really about people when it gets down to it. And I hear that over and over from my guests here on Cars. Yeah, when you go to car shows, you go to racing events, wherever you are, you get a couple car people together and there's an instant bond. And I love the aspect of bringing children into this that are facing really difficult situations and bringing some distraction to their life, if you will, some focus really on something that's a lot more fun than what they're dealing with. So. What you guys are up to is absolutely incredible. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. 
And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Eric, take the wheel. You know, I don't know that it's necessarily a success quote, but it's something that I've, I've run my businesses by. Uh, it's something that, that we run Dream Drives by and something that, that really that I try to run my life by, and it's the notion of client satisfaction. Uh, I, run a, I run a technology consulting business, about a 20-person consulting business uh, as my day job, and, and we've been successful because we work until the client is satisfied. We want our clients to be 100% satisfied uh, no matter what. And that translates very, very well into dream drives for kids. The answer is almost always yes. Yes, we can go for a drive. Yes, you can have that car. Yes, you can sit and take pictures. Yes, you can. Because we want people to walk away thinking, that was great. That was fun. I got a lot out of this. Because I find that Amity and I, when, when we execute on that, when we have our, our, our clients and our kids and our families satisfied with their dream drive experience, it makes it more meaningful and more enjoyable for us. It's about making sure that everybody's satisfied. Well, it's it's a, a classic business notion, and unfortunately, a lot of companies don't practice that. They preach it, but they really don't practice it. But I, I love, once again, the way you've incorporated this into Dream Drive for Kids. And I noticed on your website, not only do you give kids a ride, but you, you do a little more than that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we believe that cars are something that should be experienced, uh, hands-on. So the classic dream drive and what we're doing mostly in Portland is to invite families to our garage uh, to let the kids come in, let them, let them look at all the cars, let them sit in the cars, let the brothers and the sisters and the moms and the dads sit in and ask questions that, that we answer to the best of our ability and really have that whole experience. You know, we, we have become not jaded, but just sort of used to the notion of having Porsche and Ferrari around. But for most people, you never see Porsche, you never see Ferrari, you don't see Lamborghini and McLaren, and so there's this really great experience that happens. And, and, it's, and it's frankly, it's, it's the lion's share of the Dream Drives experience now. We, we go for a drive, we come back, and now we're providing uh, gift bags to all the children who participate. We try to give them a model of the car that they drove in and, and a nice bag, and we've got a, a couple of other things coming, actually, that'll, that'll, that'll be here by the end of June, that'll just give them that memory. They'll let them go back and remember their drive experience. Um, we produce a video. We send photos. I mean, we really try to make it something that is not just, you know, that two hours, but it's a memory that persists for a long time. And, and now that we've been doing this for a year and we stay in contact with the families that we worked with early on, we know that that works. Right? We know we've heard from moms and dads and even from kids who have said, I still remember the ride in the McLaren. I still remember going out in the Lamborghini with you and stuff. And that's it's hugely meaningful because, again, most of the kids we work with a year later are still dealing with cancer. They're still dealing with sickness. They're still in the hospital systems. So we want that memory to persist. Uh, it's just incredible. I, I love every aspect of this. And you're right. So many times these moments that children experience around cars become lifelong dreams, if you will, and, and it, it stirs a fire in them that down the road, hopefully they'll do some more with automobiles, get more involved with the car hobby, and who knows, even uh, have a business in the field of passion if that becomes their passion as well. So I love that in so many ways. Would you share a story with our listeners that instigated your passion for cars? Tell us that pivotal moment as you remember it when you really knew you were a car guy. Yeah, there, there are lots of moments there, but I think that the really critical one 
for me was my first Porsche. I grew up, uh, I'm turning 45 uh, this month. I grew up in the Midwest and in a small town uh, outside of Chicago, and you really didn't see Porsche, right? You really didn't see fancy cars then. But one day, I had to be about my son's age now, about nine years old, maybe I was 10 years old, and somebody went by in a black 1979 Porsche 930 Turbo, right? The 930, the, the big whale tail turbo. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness gracious, what, what is that? <laughs> and didn't have the internet then, right? You know, so I had to ask around, figured out that it was a Porsche. And I thought that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Well, not just the beauty of it, then you realize the performance of that car. And, and, and you know, at the time, it was an amazing automobile, uh, you, slow by today's standards, I suppose. But I thought to myself, someday, someday, I want to drive that car. Not even I want to own it. Someday, I want to drive that car. So you roll forward into my adult life, uh, finished college, uh, started working in the technology industry, and uh, tragic events of 9-11 happened. After that, uh, the company I was working for went out of business, right? Flat out in the process of going out of business, lost my job, had to take a different job. And, and my wife and I, we took a chance, moved to San Diego, California. Then things gradually got better, right? I found a good job, great people to work with. Um, San Diego's nice uh, place to live by, by, by many measures. And at one point, I had a little extra money and, uh, and I thought we should get a convertible, right? Let's get a convertible. And I found on the internet a Porsche, a 944, a white convertible. The gal was asking $9,000 for it. You know, cheap at the time, it was a present from her dad. She didn't want to have it anymore. And we bought that. And that first Porsche, that was when the lights went on. I thought, you know what? I'm driving. It's not that 930. It's not that big wheel tow car, but I'm driving that Porsche now. I wonder if I could get to that 930. And we steadily built from there. I mean, Amity and I have had Porsches a series of Porsches, you know, individual car since that time back in 2003. And, and now, not only have we built up a nice collection of Porsche, but we have that 930 Turbo. <laughs> it's so cool. You know, I grew up in San Diego and my first convertible was a 911 Cabriolet. I remember driving to work every day in that car because down there, unlike the Pacific Northwest where you live now and I live up here in Gig Harbor, Washington, uh, we don't get that many sunny days. And, uh, yeah, Porsche Cabriolet is the right car to have down there for sure. Sounds fantastic. Sounds like a lot of fun. And I uh, love that you finally have that turbo. I share that affinity with you as well. I've got an 87 turbo that was a dream car back in the 80s. Uh, I think we share some Porsche passion there. <laughs> That's cool. So, Eric, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. And you're an entrepreneur. You went through that challenging time when a lot of my guests faced hardship during uh, the recessionary period after 9-11, lost your job, moved, got a new career, and obviously have long since improved with your career now. But I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. Could be that time period where your company went out of business. But more importantly, share with us how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. Yeah. So life is full of challenges, right? You know, life is life is full of challenges. And I've always been a risk taker, right? You know, if there's any one thing about how I've built my consulting business, you know, how we're building dream drives and, and how my wife and I have been successful in our lives is that we are not afraid to take risks. And, you know, the, the, the situation I found myself in, you know, uh, after 9-11, nice little company I was working for to start laying people off, 
there were two choices, right? You know, I, I got my, I got laid off with a bunch of my friends and stuff. We had a severance package, you know, we had unemployment, we went snowboarding, you know, we just played, we thought, oh, this is going to be fine. Um, at the end of that, you know, time to get a job, I had two choices. I had a safe choice in Portland, Oregon. I could have done a, a 30 minute kind of, kind of gross commute at the time um, to a pretty, pretty boring job, right? You know, web development, web design, you know, wasn't, wasn't something that really stirred me uh, and got me going, but it it would have paid well, right? And it would have been the easy choice. Mm -hmm. The harder choice was an opportunity that I had in San Diego, California. Um, uh, I found a guy who I, who had known in the past said, I'd like to come and I'd like to do this different thing for you. I want you to take a chance on me and I'll come down there and I'll do a great job and and you're going to love it. Right. And I, and I was willing to take that risk. I was willing to take a chance, move, right? You know, we just bought a house. We were going to have to rent our house, you know, move uh, right at Christmas time, move on a short timeline. But Amity and I, we took that chance and it rolled forward and it paid humongous dividends, right? The company in California was a great company. Um, they eventually, uh, you know, were acquired by a larger company. You know, it turned into so many different opportunities. And the trick was taking that risk, right? Taking a chance and saying, well, we're going to move to San Diego. It's an expensive place to live, you know, da-da-da-da-da. But it worked out. And, and that really got myself, especially, and, and both of us, used to the idea of taking risks, right? Trying different things um, and, and, and finding the things that work, cutting your losses quickly on the things that don't. And that's really driven us forward, and, and it's why we do Dream Drives for Kids and why we do so many different things in our lives. Um, but it was, boy, howdy, you know, and as the recession uh, moves along after 9-11, it was scary. I mean, it was definitely a scary time yes. to have a mortgage, you know, to, to, to want to start a family, um, and to not have a job, you know, then to have a job offer, you know, to move to California. I mean, there was a lot of moving pieces um, and, you know, it's, to some level, we worked hard. You know, we always try to work hard and make it happen. And to some level, we got lucky. I mean, we really <laughs> did. Well, a lot of work involved in that luck. Uh, lots of times, you know, they say luck is where uh, opportunity and hard work collide into each other. And uh, definitely what happened for you. I love the story in so many ways. How about proudest career moments? I assume you've had many, and I assume with your dream drive for kids, a huge number of proud moments. But is there one in particular that really stands out for you? Yeah, it's not, and it's not a particularly happy story. But I'm proud that, you know, as we got momentum with Dream Drives for Kids, we've met so many amazing families. Um, one of the most amazing uh, is a family down from Venita, Oregon. Um, our good friend Adeline and her mom Angela and her sister and her father, and and they've helped us on so many levels. When the when the the local media wanted to talk to us and they said, "Can you bring in you know a child and a family to talk to?" They drove up from Benita. Um, we just did this really amazing uh, video with an organization called I Like Giving, and I needed I needed two kids who would spend a whole day going through all of these video takes and just sit and smile and sit in the cars and stuff. And and Adeline and Angela came up and did that with us. And they've really become good friends. There was a point um, six, seven months ago where Angela reached out to me privately and she said, you know what, Eric, Um, there's a young man named Brandon uh, and and he's not doing very well. He's down here in Eugene uh, and I want to introduce you to the mom. And I said, sure, of course, absolutely. And we have, a, we have a model where we like families to come to us. We like families to come to the garage and see the cars and stuff. But as I talked to Brandon's mom, I realized he was home in hospice 
and uh, and he didn't he didn't have long uh, <clears throat> with us. And so we said immediately, you know what, we're coming to you. I said, Amity, you know, grab the kids, you know, get get the M4. Um, I'm going to grab the McLaren. We're going to go to Eugene, and we're going to take Brandon for a ride. And and we did it, and it was a lot of work to get down there, and, and we had a great time. And and about three weeks after we met Brandon, um, he did pass away. But we know that, that we had an impact, and, and we saw it in his eyes, and I saw it in my conversation with him and his, with his family, and I was proud. I wasn't just proud of, of me for doing that. You know, it's an easy thing to do, but I was proud of Amity for going with. I was proud of my kids, my 9 and my now 12-year-old, for getting in the car and understanding that, that we were going to take a whole day, and we were going to go and meet Brandon and his mom and his family. And it meant a lot, and it was, it was truly sad, you know, that – that Brandon passed away and we feel for his mom and his family, but we were glad that we were able to get there collectively, you know, as, as the Petersons to, to make that happen. Wow. Well, heartwarming story. Wow. Got goosebumps in so many different ways, but not only absolutely incredible for Brandon and his parents, but your children, what they learned from that must have been tremendous in so many ways. So again, what you guys are doing is just, you know, brings a tear to the eye, but a heartwarming thought of, uh, the time you're spending and the difference you're making in people's lives. And that's what's so wonderful, again, about the car hobby and sharing what you have with others, especially these children in need. Let's have a little bit of fun here and talk about your first really special car. You talked about that first cabriolet you bought, the Porsche down in San Diego, but is there a car in particular that was really, really special for you? And could you share a memory you have about that vehicle? Yeah, so the first really special car for, for me was the Ferrari, uh, or F430 F1 Spider. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mentioned my kids, uh, I'm a, as, an, as an adult male, I'm difficult to shop for, right? <laughs> I'm just hard to shop for at birthdays and Christmases, and I always have been. Um, despite having lots of cars, I don't really want for lots of stuff. I have my phone and my headphones and my cars. And so at Christmas time, Amity and the kids would always say, well, Daddy, what do you want for Christmas? Eric, what do you want for Christmas? And I would just jokingly say, well, I don't need anything, but I'd really like a Ferrari, right? <laughs> and I've been doing this for years. And, and so you can imagine, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my, my shelves in front of my computers here, and I've got endless numbers of little model Ferraris and pictures of Ferraris and all that, because that's what I got. I mean, the kids would get me Matchbox Ferraris. they give me pictures of Ferraris. Well, years ago, this would be three years ago now, I found myself in a situation where my core business, right, Analytics Demystified, which is my consultancy, was really doing well and and exceeding every expectation that I'd ever had of it financially. Uh, My team is amazing. Our clients are amazing. And I hit a milestone financially where I went to Amity and I said, you know what? I could actually buy a Ferrari now. <laughs> and, it, and it seems silly, right? It seems silly. I mean, we were both raised middle class, right? And even with the Porsches, we'd always bought used Porsches, right? You know, mm-hmm. we bought Porsches that somebody else had taken the hit on. But we had the money to buy a Ferrari. And Amity, bless her heart, said, okay. <laughs> yeah, you do. You married right? the white, right woman. <laughs> oh, I married well on so many levels. It's amazing. But she agreed, just like she'd agreed with the the first Porsche and the second Porsche. And she said, well, let's go find a Ferrari. And wow, like what a difference from (laughs) buying uh, 911s. And we'd had had a couple 911s at that point, but driving up to Seattle, uh, Ferrari of Seattle, and looking at the different cars and getting in that, you know, that, that red, Ferrari red, black interior, red stitching F430, getting it out on the road and listening to it, it was just 
phenomenal. It was just <laughs> phenomenal. And I absolutely fell in love, right? I, I'd been in Ferraris before. Um, I'd driven uh, 458 before. But the ownership, getting out, getting behind the wheel, firing up that V8, and knowing that it was my car yeah, was, yeah. was just wonderful. And then getting it out on the open roads. Uh, Oregon, as you know, we have amazing roads and yeah. beautiful, beautiful roads through the mountains. And the first summer that I got to really drive that car and enjoy it in Central Oregon, I'll always have those memories and so many crazy pictures of that car. Everywhere I went, not only were people taking pictures, but I was taking pictures like, oh, here's, here's my Ferrari at Burgerville. Here's my Ferrari at, you know, <laughs> you name it. So really, uh, really wonderful car. What fun. We were all right there with you. Tremendous. And kudos and congratulations for hitting those milestones. That's what uh, the rewards of entrepreneurship are all about. Is there a vehicle that you've sold in your past that you really wish you had back in your garage? You know, I'm happy to say no. Oh, well. There, there's not. There's not because we're uh, buy and hold collectors. I mean, we really are. We put a lot of thought into the cars that we acquire and are very, very careful. Uh, the only car, actually, that I have had that I've sold, uh, you know, in the, in the last three years was a Ford, was a Boss 302 Mustang. Mm-hmm. I bought it originally thinking that it would be a track car. I was tracking a, a 911 uh, 991S that we had, and it was just, it's kind of hard. I, you know, I don't know if you track, but it's kind of hard on the cars, hard on the brakes, hard on the tires. Oh, yeah. Um, I said, well, I should just get something a little bit less expensive, you know, that I can put on the track. And uh, as much as I know that people love Ford, they love Mustangs, they love American cars, it was just, it wasn't right for me, right? The suspension was a little too floaty. It was just not quite right for me. And so we traded that car in for a, uh, for basically for the first BMW M4, Ooh. right? You know, the E8 XM4s that delivered in Portland, Oregon, yeah. and absolutely love that car. So, we, you know, a little more expensive, uh, but we feel like we traded up there. And then beyond that, I and Amity and I, we don't buy anything that we don't think is either going to be amazingly fun to drive. I mean, we actually we don't really buy anything that we don't think will be amazingly fun <laughs> to drive because we drive these cars. And, and with the older Porsches that we have a couple of now, we're not actually buying anything that we don't feel like is, is an important piece of Porsche history. And in that, you know, with the air cooled and what's happening there is likely to increase in value. So we're somewhat circumspect about that. <laughs> well, you answer my question about next question about cars you bought that you asked yourself, what was I thinking? So that Mustang uh, fit the bill there, but uh, fantastic. I love it. Is there a current project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Yeah, right now. And, you know, the, the, the reason that I was delighted to come on cars, yeah, we're expanding Dream Drives for kids, right? We're, we found early on that as, uh, as the media told stories about us and what we're doing here in Portland, um, our good friend Joel Fetter, uh, who works in the automotive industry, he helped us get out there on the automotive websites like Motor Trend. Um, we ended up on Yahoo's homepage for a couple of days. Um, great distribution. And, and what we found was there are people all over the country, car owners all across the country, your listeners who love what we're doing and who want to help us, right? They want to do the same kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so we've started a program uh, called uh, Dream Drives for Kids Sit and Snap. And it's, it's really just what it sounds like, right? Uh, instead of the driving component, which we'll move to over time, but instead of the driving component, it's, uh, hey, I live in uh, Morristown, New Jersey, and I've got a Porsche race car, and I would love to take it down to the hospital and let kids and families come and sit in it 
and take pictures in it and see it and experience it. The same way that, that kids and families do when they come to our garage. Wow. And so we're doing that now, right? If you go to dreamdrivesforkids.com slash sit and snap, S-I-T-A-N-D-S-N-A-P, you'll see um, that we've got people across the country who are already signed up. You can see their cars. You can see where they're located. And now families can start to come to us and say, well, I'm not in Portland. I couldn't get there. I'm in Oklahoma City. And I can say, I've got a guy in Oklahoma City who's got amazing cars. And, and Piyush would love to meet you. And so we're working on building this model out so that it's not just kids in Portland. It's kids across America and families across America. So that's what, that's what really got me jazzed right now uh, because slowly but surely it's starting to work. Well, I love it. Dream Drive for Kids, Sit and Snap, what a fantastic program. And I could see that expanding to automotive museums, perhaps, around the country. Um, there's so many different ways you could pivot that and enhance that whole program. So I think that's really cool. Now, here's a really introspective question for you, Eric. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Oh, my God. I looked at this question in your notes. <laughs> if I were a car... What I'd be, ah, you know, I'd be, uh, I'd be my McLaren uh, MP412C. And why right? is that? Well, it's loaded with technology. I'm a, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I am a hardcore technology nerd, uh, and I have been my whole, whole life. And there's some really, truly amazing technology in the McLaren. Um, the suspension, right, you know, the, the air brake. Everything about the McLaren is so advanced and technologically sophisticated, um, but it's not perfect, right? It's not perfect. And any McLaren owner uh, who's willing to be honest will say it's a brilliant car um, once you get past the fact that the, you know, warning lights come on all the time randomly and stuff. So um, it's an amazing car and it's very, very fast. And I like to, uh, I like to take risks. As I said earlier, I like to find opportunities to things to work on and then go. I'm not a I'm not a let's sit and talk about this for three weeks and try to come to consensus guy and say I'm a guy who says let's let's find a direction and let's go in that direction as quickly as we can and if we need to turn we'll turn as quickly as we can and if we need to stop then man we'll pop that air brake up and we'll stop. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, perfect description. I get it, especially talking and learning more about you today here on Cars. Yeah, it all makes sense now. Great. Eric the McLaren. Love it. So, Eric, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to our Cars. Yeah sponsor. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. 
Okay, Eric, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a guy who likes to get out there on the track, so you know what this means. Time to put the pedal down. This is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yeah, ready to go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Drive them. Don't collect them. Don't let them sit. Drive them. Absolutely. Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Take risks. Yes, yes. Very important, especially for entrepreneurs. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would really enjoy? Yeah, dreamdrivesforkids.com. If you're on Facebook, you can go to Facebook slash dreamdrivesforkids, but um, take a look at our website. We'd we'd love to get more feedback from your listeners uh, and your community around the country. Absolutely. Eric, would you share a book that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm I'm an avid consumer of science fiction. Uh, One of my favorite books is Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. I don't know. I don't know that I'd recommend it necessarily, though, unless you're into science fiction. Uh, (laughs) You you stumped me there. So that's okay. That's okay. We have an extensive library on the Carjia website. Book recommendations by all our guests. So we'll include your book right there next to your name. Listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyeah.com slash Eric Peterson, and his last name is P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. All right, Eric, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, I know that's tough, especially considering the machinery you've got in your garage that you share with the kids, but money's no object. Today, I'll buy you any car in the world. What would that one vehicle be and why? I think I would go, and it, and it was going to be a toss-up between the Porsche Carrera GT and Ferrari Enzo. And I think I'm going to go with the Enzo. Uh, every time I see the Enzo, and, you know, there, there are a couple in Portland, uh, one that I see more often than not, it was a supercar before its time. The lines on the Enzo are gorgeous by today's standards. Right at the time the Enzo was built, it was mind blowing. But the car is just absolutely beautiful. It is technologically amazing, and having a couple of Ferraris, including the 599, which shares uh, an engine, the 12 cylinder engine, in large part with the Enzo. Boy, howdy, does that car just just scream and howl and go? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Enzo. I, I may regret that, but and you're gonna deliver that when, Mark? <laughs> Well, I'll get that to you as soon as I can. What color would you like? I want to make sure I get the right color. Ferrari are only one color, Mark. They're red. They're red, yes. Okay, well. (laughs) Yeah, if anyone tells you otherwise, simply look them in the eye and say, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Eric is right. So end of discussion. (laughs) Well, the Enzo is a spectacular car. I've had the pleasure of driving one, and they are just amazing, amazing. I mean, they're, they're somewhat docile at low speeds, and then you put your foot down, and they change into a beast. So that uh, F1 heritage underneath the, the, the rear bonnet is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, they're very beautiful cars. So great choice. I understand why. I'm a Porsche fan too. But yeah, I could see why that uh, red Italian would sway you the other way. So Eric, you have taken me on a great ride today, just like all the children that you take on fantastic rides of their lives. And I've really enjoyed your stories and I'm inspired. And I hope our listeners are inspired by what you're doing. And and get involved with what you're doing with their cars across the country. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Ferrari Enzo? Yeah, you know, people come to me and they say, you know, Eric, you're you're Batman, 
right? You know, you're a superhero. You're, you're just sort of this mild-mannered guy who gets in his car, who goes to the hospital, who, who finds sick children, and who changes their lives by introducing them to cars. Or not changes their lives, but just, you know, makes them happy. And, and I comment, I go, you know what? I'm not special. We can all do this. Anyone can do this. If you've got a Corvette, if you've got a car you love, anyone can do this if you don't have a car. You can go to the hospitals. You can change children's lives. You can help people. And it's, it's a mindset that says, I don't, I don't have anything. I, I talked to a, a young man in, in my car club, and he says, oh, I've just got, a, I just got a, a Ford Mustang. You know, why would any child want to see that? And it's like, you don't know until you try. But you have to try. You have to want to help. And that moment where you want to help, right, where you get inspired and say, I'm going to do something. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to give back in my community. I'm going to help families. I'm going to help children. That's it. Once you're over that hump, then it all starts to happen. And I, and I, don't, I don't want to say that not enough people do that, but more people should, right? More people should get out there. More people should give back uh, and not just write checks, right? It's easy to write checks and to contribute, but to do stuff to do stuff in your community to make lives better. And, and, you know, we feel like we're blessed. Amity and I, we have so many photographers. We have so many friends who help us with Dream Drives for Kids. We have so many workers in the hospital systems who refer patients to us. We have so much support. It makes it easy to give back. But anybody can do what we're doing. All of your listeners can do what we're doing. I, I promise you that. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful words of, words of inspiration. We can all be superheroes. Absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Dream Drive for Kids? You could go to www.dreamdrivesforkids.com and there's a contact form there down towards the bottom of the page. Or you, if you're on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash dreamdrivesforkids um, and reach out to us through Facebook. Um, we are super accessible. We answer all of our email. We're always happy to get phone calls. And, and we're, we're open to ideas. We're open to suggestions. We'd love more people, uh, car owners, to participate in Sit and Snap. Uh, and if you work in a hospital or if you know a family with a sick child or if you have a sick child, we would love to hear from you no matter where you are, uh, you know, within your audience, Mark. We'd love to think about ways that we can expand what we're doing and, and continue to, to make a difference. So thank you very much, really, for having me on the program today. Uh, thank you to your sponsors, and, and I look forward to hearing from you and hearing from your community. Brilliant. Uh, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Eric has shared today at carsyad.com. Just put Eric, E-R-I-C, in the search box. His show notes page with links will pop right up so you can get involved, get out there, be a superhero, help your community in any way you can, which you and your wife and, and all your supporters are doing absolutely fantastic. Eric, thanks again for being so generous with your time and your expertise and amazing story and sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.